Welcome to the DNVGL Talks Energy podcast series. Electrification, rise of renewables and new technologies supported by more data and IT systems are transforming the power system. Join us each week as we discuss these changes with guests from around the industry. Welcome to a new episode of DNVGL Talks Energy. Our guest today is Lucy Craig, Vice President and Director, Technology and Innovation at DNVGL Energy. Welcome, Lucy. Hello, Matthias. It's a pleasure to be here. Lucy, you have an incredible background in the industry. You have a PhD in electrical power engineering. You have worked for renewables for 30 years, including wind and solar, and you have been heavily involved in DNVGL's energy transition outlook. Um, but there is so much more you have done than the things I've just mentioned. So it would be just great if you could give us a little bit of your background. Thank you, Matthias. Well, I started working in the wind energy industry about 30 years ago. Uh, and at that time, wind was really at the very beginning of its development. Uh, wind turbines at that stage were rated at 300 kilowatts. So they were very uh, farm-like, robust machines. But we have seen over those 30 years a tremendous development in technology. And then I started working in solar about 15 years ago. And, and at that time, really, solar was not considered as a commercially viable technology without substantial support from uh, feed-in tariffs. So we have seen both those technologies really develop dramatically over the time that I've been working. It's been a very exciting path to watch. Right. So, I mean, definitely the industry has come a long way uh, since it started and it's now part of the energy transition to mitigate climate change. But how does your day to day work with regards to DNVGL's energy transition outlook and what is actually the energy transition outlook's purpose with regard to economic, environmental and, and social matters? Well, DNVGL has an overriding purpose to safeguard life, property and the environment. And then 70% of our business is related to energy across the sectors that we're working in, maritime, oil and gas, and the power and renewables sectors. And so we first started issuing the Energy Transition Outlook three years ago. This year is our third edition, because we could see that the very rapid changes we're going to see in the energy sector will have an important impact on our customers and other stakeholders across the industries where we're working. However, these changes will also have an important impact on our own business. So while we see it as an important means of discussing with uh, stakeholders the changes that will happen, it is also informing our own strategy within DNVGL. Lucy, since this is the last episode of this series, that gives us the great opportunity to look back a little bit on what the colleagues from the industry have shared with us. So what are the topics standing out for you uh, in the transition? Well, of course, we need to see a very rapid increase and we will see a very rapid increase in the development of wind. I mentioned earlier that I've been working for 30 years in the wind industry, and so it may seem that we are now reaching maturity. But actually, if we look forward over the next three decades, we will see that there will be a huge uptake uh, in both onshore, but particularly offshore wind. And the technology that I mentioned 30 years ago is now much more sophisticated, and we will continue to see it developing in sophistication and reducing in cost. But also solar. In fact, we will see an even more rapid uptake in solar PV technology. And with these variable renewables, we will also see a rapid increase in energy storage, because as variable renewables have a larger impact on the electricity system, we will need to have storage mechanisms to be able to compensate the variability of, of those resources. 
And then we see new technologies such as electric vehicles, uh, and that will play an important part in the flexibility of the demand, uh, as well as uh, providing uh, storage capability for the uh, electricity network. So all the technologies that uh, we have looked at through the podcast series will be very relevant for the energy transition, and we study them in the Energy Transition Outlook. Three important pillars uh, the energy transition is built on uh, policy, investment and technology. And in the following, I would like to look into these in a little bit more detail, starting with technology. So we know, as you also just elaborated, we do have the technology to generate renewable energy. We do have the technology to store it. But now it's all about to scale it and to scale it even faster than you foresee it in the energy transition outlook to finally close the gap, which is still left to 1.5 degrees. So what are the requirements you think to make this scaling happen? Well, what we set out in our report this year is that of course there will be a very rapid change, but if we carry on on the current trajectory, it's not sufficient to meet that one and a half degree temperature rise. In fact, we're on track to have a temperature rise by the end of this century of around two and a half degrees C. So we really need to have very fast action over the coming decade to reduce that temperature rise. And that means an even more rapid increase in the installation of wind. We uh, have carried out uh, calculations which indicate that we need to increase wind around five times to uh, three terawatts. We need to increase solar 10 times to five terawatts by 2030. And we need to increase the production of batteries for electric vehicles and for storage by 50 times to meet the requirements that, that uh, we will have for extended energy storage over the coming decade. So this whole transition will cost a tremendous amount of money. Um, as we have learned in the past from renewables, uh, when it started, it was uh, dependent on subsidies and feed-in tariffs. How do we incentivize investors to actually invest into this transition? Where is the money coming from, these large amounts of money? Well, I think the first point I'd like to make is that actually the reason why we see this very ra rapid uptake in wind and solar is because these technologies are now the lowest cost way of meeting the rising demand from the growing world's population. So our energy transition outlook is based on matching the growing demand with the most economic form of supply. So wind and solar are in many parts of the world are already the lowest cost form of generation and during the coming decades will become even more so in across the globe. Of course, this very rapid uptake in wind and solar will mean huge investment in transmission and distribution networks. And we have also looked in some detail at the extent to which new transmission distribution networks will be required and at the level of investment needed. I think the overriding uh, outcome is that the actual percentage of GDP spent on the energy sector will be less in the coming decades than it has been up till now. So huge investment needed, but because of the growth of GDP uh, and because these technologies are actually very cost competitive, in fact, it will be a lower percentage of the uh, economy than it, than it currently is. We've estimated that the investment in uh, grid infrastructure will be about 1.3 trillion euros. And that will be needed to build new HVDC 
transmission lines bringing, for example, large amounts of offshore wind onto uh, land, also to interconnect markets in Europe, but also in Asia and across the globe. And then a very large investment in the distribution networks where we will see uh, increasing demand, uh, for example, from electric vehicles, but, but also the increasing generation uh, that will be embedded in the distribution networks. So we have the technology, we are relatively optimistic on the investments. Do you think it is enough to now leave it to the traditional market forces to kind of get this change or make this change happen? Or do we also need policy? Well, I mentioned earlier that uh, if we are really to limit temperature rise to one and a half degrees C, then we need extraordinary policy actions. And that policy is needed in many different areas to uh, ensure that we have energy efficiency measures. And I think a very good example of where policy is being effective is in electric vehicles. So where we see the uptake of electric vehicles uh, is in Norway, leading in Europe and China, of course, the country where we have more electric vehicles on the road than in the rest of the world combined. And in both those countries, we've had clear policies to encourage the uptake. And that is what is needed, but not just for electric vehicles, for all the different measures that we have identified in our ETO. So on that basis of all what you've just described, we have established that we still do have a gap. Uh, what would be your call for action to industry, investors, governments, to make that gap at least smaller? Well, in 2018, the UN sent out a warning that we had 12 years left to prevent catastrophic climate change. We now have 10 years left. And so we are the last generation that can really prevent this catastrophic impact of climate change. And so that is my call to action. We Now is the time uh, to take action and ensure that we accelerate the changes that we are already seeing. Thank you, Lucy. I have one final question for you. So DNVGL has now published uh, this energy transition outlook, third time in the row. Um, so how do you harness this new collective focus on climate emergency and uh, help to progress on the energy transition? Well, we in DNVGL are working with stakeholders across the energy value chain. We work with governments and regulators. We work with OEMs. We work with project developers, we work with financiers, we work with utilities. And so when we're working with all those stakeholders, we are supporting them in their work to accelerate the energy transition. Thank you very much for your insights, Lucy, and thank you very much for listening. That was Lucy Craig, Vice President and Director, Technology and Innovation of DNVGL Energy. Thank you for listening to this DNVGL Talks Energy podcast. To hear more podcasts in the series, please visit dnvgl.com slash talksenergy.